Immediately upon entering the 2016 presidential race, Donald Trump made immigration restrictions a centerfold of his Make America Great Again slogan. The U.S. has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems. And these are the best and the finest. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Since his administration took office in 2017, President Trump has declared a national emergency regarding illegal immigration, allowing him special powers to enforce border security. Roughly 300,000 undocumented immigrants have been arrested, and the president signed executive orders limiting travel from certain Muslim-majority countries. Welcome to Bronx Connections Election 2020 Local Lens. I'm Nora Thomas reporter and anchor at WFUV, that's the NPR affiliate radio station, based on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham University in the Bronx. This is the fourth episode of a five-part series covering issues in the 2020 presidential election that will impact the Bronx. It's a joint initiative between WFUV, BronxNet, and Norwood News. Here in the Bronx, more than a third of the borough's 1.4 million residents were born outside of the United States. The New York Comptroller's Office reports as of 2018, immigrants also make up nearly half of the workforce in the Bronx and 60% of self-employed entrepreneurs. While federal policies related to immigration and naturalization are always a hot-button issue in New York City, the economic devastation of the COVID-19 pandemic has shined a harsh light on how immigrants fall through safety nets designed to prevent financial ruin in times of crisis. Immigration advocates say immigrants have been left particularly vulnerable without access to unemployment benefits or federal stimulus money, which can substantially impact their ability to pay rent. In a recent interview with Bronx Nets Darren Jaime, Jennifer Hernandez, the lead organizer at Make the Road New York, said undocumented residents are also more vulnerable to intimidation or fear of being deported. I think especially for undocumented folks, um, you know, the, the, there's a, a lot of fear of, of uh, retaliation, right, when it comes to uh, immigration status. And again, there's a lot of a uh, lack to access to uh, various sort of programs that help you financially. Uh, and so it is extremely hard. Make the Road is a grassroots community organization fighting to build power for immigrants in working class communities. In response to the pandemic, they're focused on securing government assistance for undocumented residents, canceling rent incurred since the outbreak, and reducing the number of people incarcerated to minimize the spread of COVID-19. Most of their advocacy has been at the local and state levels, but federal policy could play a substantial role in aiding immigrant households. President Trump's challenger, former Vice President Joe Biden, has said welcoming immigrants to American communities is a priority of his campaign. In a recent interview with Telemundo, Biden says he plans to halt deportations for the first 100 days of his presidency and restore the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program commonly referred to as DACA. I'm going to reinstate it, and then they're going to be part of what I'm going to send to the United States Congress is a total immigration bill to provide a pathway to citizenship for undocumented people in the United States of America. This is, this is, it makes no sense for us not to do that. And they're part of the reason why we're growing. They're part of the reason why, look, you have 24 out of every 100 kids in grades in school today are Latino, Spanish speaking. It makes no sense, none whatsoever, 
for us to walk away and not provide for access, not provide for education, not provide for health care. Look what's going on. And so it's, it's part of the strength of the country. It's not a weakness, it's a strength. Biden's campaign page doesn't mention specific plans to give aid to immigrants ineligible for existing unemployment and stimulus benefits. Speaking with Arturo Lopez, the legal director of Bronx Works, a community organization working to improve the economic and social well-being of Bronx residents, many of the biggest hurdles for Bronx immigrants are much more mundane. There's also a, you know, a whole host of other issues that are much smaller, much more technical that the community is facing, that immigrants are facing, um, from things as simple as uh, dramatically increased delays in the processing of applications for simple things like uh, the renewal of uh, legal permanent resident identification, what's usually called a green card or a work permit, or even the naturalization process for individuals who are here legally in status and are seeking to become citizens, you know, the, uh, those applications are being um, taking much longer process than they were before. So there's there's a lot of issues being faced by the immigrant community that are that are large as well as just small and technical that are that are causing a lot of delays and frustration. Here's my interview with Arturo Lopez from Bronx Works. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, just right off the bat, can you tell us a little bit about Bronx Works, what you do there, and how long you've been working there? Bronx Works has been um, serving the Bronx for about a little bit over 40 years now. Um, and they have a variety of services, uh, homeless shelters, um, benefits programs, um, eviction prevention, senior centers, um, actually probably more programs than I could name now. I've been with Bronx Works for about nine years now. I started off as the um, immigration staff attorney um, and uh, was in that uh, department for a while and now I'm currently the uh, director of legal services and oversee the, uh, the legal programs which include uh, the immigration program, our uh, eviction prevention uh, program, and uh, and the, um, the uh, uh, crime victim services, which assist individuals who have been victims of crimes. Why do you think immigration is particularly important for American voters this year? I think there's been a lot of talk in the media and that brings it to their attention. And it's an issue that's been going on for a while now that um, hasn't come to a final resolution. It started in the Obama administration, where they were trying to um, pass in um, immigration reform, um, sort of revamp the whole system, uh, they were not able to to implement that, and it's continued in certainly with the current administration as they're sort of um, undoing some of the advances that the previous administration was able to enact for immigrants. And I think a lot of people are familiar with DACA or the um, yes. legislation to help DREAMers, but are there any other things that you're specifically referring to? DACA is one. Um, there's also the, the fact that we are accepting less refugees than we were before. 
um, that asylum seekers are not being allowed to re remain in the U.S. while they apply for their asylum process. Um, there's also a, you know, a whole host of other issues that are much smaller, much more technical that the community is facing, that immigrants are facing, um, from things as simple as uh, dramatically increased delays in the processing of applications for simple things like uh, the renewal of uh, legal permanent resident identification, what's usually called a green card or a work permit, or even the naturalization process for individuals who are here legally in status and are seeking to become citizens, you know, the, uh, those applications are being um, taking much longer to process than they were before. So there's there's a lot of issues being faced by the immigrant community that are that are large as well as just small and technical that are that are causing a lot of delays and frustration. To what extent are these problems and developments, you, like things that were implemented by the Obama administration that were then changed in the Trump administration and how, to what extent are they things that like were sort of just the general way of doing things that have changed in this most recent administration? The majority of new issues are direct results of policies and procedures that have been implemented by the new administration. The delays, you know, those delays are new because they, uh, they sort of cut the workforce and are just causing the process to be sort of dragged out longer. Um, there are issues with DACA that are direct results from the, um, the efforts of the current administration to end DACA. Um, and while it has not technically ended, there are, again, small uh, procedural issues. Uh, the IDs used to be issued for two years, now they're issued for only one year, which has sort of created this cycle wherein you apply for your ID, you receive it, and you're almost immediately afterwards applying for a new ID for the following year um, at the same price that used to be paid for an ID that would last two years, well over $500. And uh, you know that amount of money is is, is uh, a significant amount of money for for uh, this community. In your experience, are there any things uh, particular to the Bronx that a lot of Bronx residents might be facing? Like, is is there anything that's unique to this very obviously diverse borough and economic and just various factors at play here, as opposed to other places in the country? The most immediate uh, issue that that is uh, a factor that is affecting the residents of the Bronx is these changes to the fee waiver request process. Uh, there was it was possible to request a waiver of the fees of uh, the applications that individuals were submitting, and now the Bronx um, is an extremely impoverished community. As I said, Bronx Works has been there for over 40 years, um, putting forth efforts to help this community and overcome the struggles that they have. And to this community, um, a fee of $500, $600, for an application that will result in some sort of um, 
in some, some instances, something as simple as renewing your identification, even though you already have legal status, is a, a tremendous burden. And the, the fee waiver process has been restricted and been made much more difficult to receive approvals on. And it's causing us to sometimes submit applications two or three times in order to just get them accepted, to get that fee waiver granted. And then on top of that, then you're facing the normal processing times, which are dragging on well past six months to a year. And these are all, for the most part, issues that are controlled by the executive branch. It, it's not necessarily that Congress has made a bunch of changes since the administration changed? No, there's been no um, changes implemented by Congress. As I said, these are all either procedural changes or the results of executive orders implemented by the administration. And I imagine Trump getting reelected would mean the continuation of a lot of these things. Um, do you, to your knowledge, has former Vice President Joe Biden spoken about any of these particular things that are substantially impacting the Bronx? Well, I mean, he was part of the administration that initially implemented DACA. So while there's been no uh, specific policy sort of published by his administration, we would believe that he would at least um, restore DACA fully. And he has stated in the past that he seeks to create a path for citizenship to these individuals. Um, and we, again, during his administration, um, uh, during, I should say, the Obama administration, which Biden was a part of, we did see a more streamlined administrative process um, with shorter wait times. So just analyzing um, um, that record, we would be hopeful that it would be a, a, a sort of better scenario for the community and for immigrants in general, uh, uh, resulting in, in a better process and more fair process. From my understanding, it seems like the biggest difference between each um, candidate, it, it, it's, it's sort of largely a matter of tone. It seems like the current president has associated um, immigration with issues of public safety, um, whereas on Biden's campaign page, he's talked about creating avenues for immigrants to become citizens. Um, so I guess outside of the realm of simply like tangible policies, what, what kind of impacts do those varying tones have on people in the Bronx, to your knowledge? I would, I would say that the, the tones have a very um, deep impact on, on immigrants and the Bronx community specifically. Um, I know I, uh, from the people I encounter daily, uh, since the current administration took over, the tone has created a sense of fear, a sense of being targeted that um, we did not see uh, coming from the community during the prior administration. Um, and um, so we, we do believe that, that that tone has directly resulted in, in those feelings in the community. And the tone that thus far at least um, the Biden campaign has put forth does not seem to to result in an equal amount of, of fear um, in the community. 
um, you know, and when I say I say fear, it's it's um, it's people like anyone else, like yourself, like myself, who are parts of families, who are parts of the community, who work, who go to school, who are seeking to simply live live their lives in a in a productive manner, and so and so when you see those people being impacted by um, the tone of the administration and living in fear when uh, their actions are really nothing more than uh, the normal actions of day-to-day family households, uh, you can see that that's having a, a negative effect on them. And we're hoping that that will not be um, the tone of, of the next administration. That makes sense. And it sounds like in that vein, um, like, why is this something that Bronx voters, independent of whether or not they are an immigrant themselves or have immigrants in their family, why is this something that matters to everyone? Why, why should people think about immigration when they go to vote on Election Day? Right. Well, you know, um, I think there's the sort of very general answer that I, I would think we would all believing in that the country was was made up um, of immigrants and that and that we should be welcoming of of immigrants um, but also um, I would say that the concept that um, the current policies are more effective on criminal immigration um, are not actually correct so if you're from a standpoint where you believe that we should be harsh on crime, that we should protect communities, and that what we should focus on uh, enforcement and, and, and criminals, really, uh, again, the Obama administration, which Biden was a part of, was much more effective on um, law enforcement and and removing criminals from the United States. They had the highest removal rate of any administration up to that point in history. Um, and that is because um, they implemented procedures and policies which uh, made it a priority to focus on law enforcement, individuals that actually had a criminal history and not individuals who were simply working and living as part of a family. So. Um, I think, yes, immigration is something that everyone should have in mind, but really, whether you're looking for a administration that will uh, focus on reuniting families or an administration that will focus on law enforcement and um, arresting and removing criminals from the United States thus far, it seems that uh, the policies that uh, the Biden campaign is associated with will affect both those outcomes, will achieve both those outcomes. From my understanding, it seems like the current administration is focusing a lot of energy on securing the border and a lot of mm -hmm. emphasis on um, militarizing the border and building yeah. a wall. Do you think that that's even a substantial part of immigrant experience in the United States. And that, that's not even just like the experience of people living in 
like from my understanding, which is extremely limited, like the majority of people immigrating to the United States aren't crossing the border per se. Do you right. think that's like in terms of focusing federal efforts on issues related to immigration, mm -hmm. what is the impact of focusing so much on the border precisely? I mean, focusing on the southern border and dedicating the vast majority of funds and personnel to the southern border really just signals that all the other methods of entering the United States um, and, and individuals that are looking to access those points for criminal purposes will are, are those access points are more open and more available to them. Uh, um, you know, we have a northern border, we have shores, we have um, arriving airplanes, we have uh, ships that are arriving. Um, so if your 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 goal is to 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 secure and 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 secure our borders, um, really the focus should be on all of our borders, not uh, highlighting the southern border, which really, um, from what I can see, is only creating a perception um, of a that particular area, that particular community, and not actually resulting in actual change. It sounds like you are basing your expectations of a hypothetical Biden presidency largely based on his association with the Obama administration. And it sounds like you haven't, you aren't familiar with any like hyper-specific immigration plans. Do you think in any way Biden is, is not being articulate enough? Do you think there's more he should be saying? Well, I mean, I, I believe he has signaled his, his goals um, and to achieve those goals, there would be specific um, policies that would need to be implemented. So um, if he follows through, it seems that, you know, um, providing uh, support for dreamers and restoring DACA would result, would the way to do that would be to reinstitute DACA, uh, remove their procedural barriers, remove any challenges. Um, so yes, I would, uh, he has not sort of um, published his specific plan, but he has uh, signaled and, and, and spoken enough about his, uh, his goals that I, that I see policy changes that would result in um, benefits to the community. What's something you would like or appreciate to hear from any candidate running for national office related to immigration and how it could impact the Bronx? I would like to, uh, first of all, hear the candidates um, speak about immigrants in, in, a, in a welcoming way because I think that, that would signal um, the goal of truly helping immigrants community and the Bronx community um, in particular. And so I would say that um, what uh, what people need to do is to listen to the way and the words that they actually use to speak about uh, immigrants and the topic of immigration um, and try to really pick up 
what what the overall message is, what the attitude is, whether it's a, a positive view or a negative view. Is there anything else you'd like to add related to things Bronx voters should consider when they head to the polls in November? Um, I would just say that, uh, as I said, they should try to really listen to the overall message and and get a sense of whether uh, the candidate they're voting for creates a sense of welcoming and inclusiveness to all communities uh, rather than than excluding certain communities. And if you do that, I think you'll 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 be able to really understand what their their message is and what policies they'll eventually be implementing. President Trump has repeatedly emphasized his commitment to America First policies that limit immigration to reduce crime and avoid job competition. His campaign page supports plans to implement a merit-based immigration system. Biden, on the other hand, says he plans to reform the current immigration system to allow more undocumented residents to become citizens. Join us next week for our final segment where WFUV reporter Elliot Schiaparelli will discuss racial and economic inequality. Special thank you to Arturo Lopez from Bronx Works for joining us. Thanks also to Sheila Maloney from Norwood News, Louis Reboyedo and Michael Maxnabi and everyone else at BronxNet, and in addition to George Budarki and Robin Shannon at WFUV. To read, watch, and listen to more from Bronx Connections, go to norwoodnews.org, wfuvnews.org, or bronxnet.org. I'm Nora Thomas. Thanks for watching.